in a world where... Nah, this ain't that kind of podcast. Let's be honest, the world doesn't need another podcast where we ask the same old questions to the same successful people. You're listening to the Profit and Impact Podcast with Nev Harris. Grab a seat at the table as Nev and his guests dig into the challenges that successful agencies and freelancers have overcome to achieve their success. There's no script, and Nev's insatiable curiosity and ADD can take the conversation anywhere. So let's get real and have some honest talk, lots of laughs, and some helpful insights into what it really takes to create more profit and impact in your business. Hey, it's Nev, and we're back with another episode of the Profit and Impact Podcast. Now, I promised you all that this wasn't going to be your typical podcast, and I plan to make good on that promise with this following discussion here because we're going we're gonna to be talking about the ultimate intersection between making a profit and making an impact in the world. And you're like, Nev, they never intersect. They do. They do. Listen to my first podcast. And so the name of this intersection I've affectionately called Compassionate Capitalism. So in a nutshell... Compassionate capitalism is all about embracing and using the power of money to make the world a better place. Money, it's such a powerful resource that if we have enough of it, we can make almost anything happen. Just check out Bill and Melinda Gates and everything their wealth has done for the world. Maybe not so much their marriage, but the world. Here's the thing though. As much as I believe in the power of money to change the world, I feel even more strongly about the idea that compassionate capitalism starts with the individual. See, the ultimate benefit of this system is freedom. Freedom to do what makes you happy. Freedom to make an impact on the world the way you want to make it. Freedom from the pressures to work with that pain-in-the-ass client that you don't enjoy, your team doesn't enjoy, but, you know, you take because bills and then freedom from worrying about your cash flow freedom from you know and most of the time our worries about our cash flow are unfounded but it still doesn't keep us up at night thinking can we make can we make the bills are we gonna have enough oh i know i had a great month but are we gonna have enough money in to make the payment next week and so it all seems to work out most of the time but it's still you know we still have that worry and i want to free you from that you know and freedom freedom from that little voice in your head that says you're not good enough. You don't know what you're doing and you're just an imposter and not a real business owner. See, I hate that guy. And also freedom to create a better life for not just yourself, but for your family, your employees, your clients, and your clients and your employees' families. And freedom to also be instrumental in bringing about the change you wanna see in the world. So although I said it starts with the individual, the impact we're able to create will reverberate for generations to come. Now there's the old saying, and it's true, that money can't buy happiness. I mean, hell, there's a lot of miserable millionaires out there. But that's because they thought that making money and becoming wealthy was the end goal. When making money and amassing wealth, in my view, is just a starting point not finish line. So let me break this down further with, the, um, with, with, with one of my analogies that I'm, I'm famous for, or infamous, depending on your point of view. 
Because if you build a house just to live in, that's like making money for the sole purpose of making money. It's shallow and unsatisfying. So if you built this house, this great house, whatever, and if all you did, your dream house and everything like that, and if all you did was sleep, shower, shit, and shave in the house, it probably wouldn't make you happy. And the same goes with money. If all you're doing is making it to make it and be able to say, I have more than you, you know, in the end, that's not too satisfying. But that said about money can't buy you happiness, I always got a kick out of this saying. Money can't buy you happiness, but it sure will keep you comfortable while you're unhappy. <laughs> and it's, see, that, that's, that's true. <laughs> and it gives us another really important freedom then. And that's the freedom to do what you need to do when life throws us a curveball. So in the next solo episode I do, we're going to dig way more into that. But not today. Because as hard as it is for me to stay on track and not dive into that right now, I'm going to resist that squirrel with all the discipline I can muster. And let me tell you, it's not a lot of discipline. So, and the reason I'm going to do that, the reason, the reason I'm going to be resolute in avoiding that squirrel is because what I'm going to share next is at the heart of what's wrong with capitalism today and why compassionate capitalism is the answer and not just an alternative. So, we're going to dive into some definitions here. Not, not, not classroom, textbook, studio uh, uh, definitions, but, you know, some kind of common sense explanations of, of some common terms that you hear battered around. So, there is capitalism, but there's various forms of capitalism. One is uh, shareholder capitalism, and this has been the capitalism that we're most familiar with right now. It's the capitalism that's been in vogue for the last 50 years. Okay, and it states that the purpose of a company is to make money for the shareholders and the shareholders are the people that own the company. And if you're the only one that owns the company, it's the, your purpose is to make yourself as much money as possible. If you have investors or people that own stock in much bigger companies, you're, the purpose of running this company is to make as much money for yourself and them as the owners. So, and then a CEO's job is to make as much money for the company to keep his job. So this started really spiraling. When this idea caught on, it started really spiraling out of control in the 80s and 90s. Because I'm going to, some more of these analogies I love so much. I'm, I'm going to break this down into a food analogy. So I, I love food. You know, I haven't been able to eat a lot of it, but I love it. Um, so let's just say you have pasta with a really, really delicious sauce on this pasta. And you're really loving it. So you think to yourself, okay, all I have to do is add more and more pasta sauce onto it because the more pasta sauce I add onto it, the better it'll be. And what happens? You end up turning your great pasta dish into a soup that's disgusting. Okay, And that's what happened to capitalism. People say, well, if we take this whole shareholder thing to an even further extreme, things will be better and better and better. Oh, and then we decided to, if we give huge bonuses to the CEOs and the stockholders and we fire a whole bunch of people, that's a good thing, right? Or a lot of the other things I talked about in, in the first podcast that have, you know, been like deviated from capitalism. So that's bad. And that's why we are where we are today. And then there's, there's another version. It's called stakeholder capitalism. Okay. And stakeholder capitalism is like, you know what, we need to care more about the shareholders. They have a stake in the company, but so do the employees. 
So do our vendors, so do our clients, so does the community we operate in. They all have a stake in the company, all right? And we gotta care about all of them equally. You know, the shareholders aren't more important than the employees and so on and so forth. So here's the food analogy now. It's like taking that pasta dish and taking so much other food, making so much other food, that your plate is so full that you don't even get to enjoy your pasta because you have all this other food that you're trying to eat too and you run out of room, you can't eat anymore and you really didn't get to enjoy any of, any of your food. The problem with this kind of capitalism, it's becoming like a buzzword right now. And he, But here's the thing, it's going to tragically fail everyone and everything it means to care about. Because the classic example here is stretching yourself too thin. If you try to do everything, you do nothing well. So then we're going to get into a quick definition, socialism. So it's the government takes care of the people, the government assigns the resources, the government controls the economy so that no one uh, succeeds more than the other person. Everybody is taken care of, okay, on an equal playing field. So in the food analogy, <laughs> this is like you don't even get pasta, period, because the government thinks everybody should eat tofu. So the government mandates like, we're going to make tofu, everybody eats tofu. You don't even get the choice to eat pasta. And that's not fun for anyone. So, sounded like a good idea. You know, might be healthier, but I like pasta. And I think I should have a choice to eat pasta. So, then I'd give you an example of, like, socialism, but there's never been one successful socialist country. Never. Now, here's some of you out there, you're yelling. You're like, Nev, you're wrong! Sweden! Here's the thing. Sweden had its roots like being extremely capitalist, extremely free markets, which made it into a really wealthy economic powerhouse. But the real ugly excesses of capitalism taken to such an extreme started to show its head, and then the company turned and wholeheartedly embraced socialism. Is this starting to sound familiar to our current situation a little bit? We're not quite there yet. In the 70s, I mean, yeah, in the 70s and 80s, the country wholeheartedly embrace socialism. Is this starting to sound familiar with our current situation? Uh-huh. We're not quite there yet, but it looks like we're going there. So this happened in the 70s and 80s where they started really, you know, putting forth all these socialistic policies and everything like that. And what happened? It almost destroyed the country's economy. And this would have put its citizen standard of living into a death spiral. Luckily, they course corrected soon enough and it still, was, it still took a long time for the economy to spiral down and almost completely destroy itself. But after that course correction, in several ways, Sweden is actually more capitalist than the U.S. So you've heard a lot of discussion about corporate tax rates. And there's some that want to increase the corporate tax rates a minimum of 30%. And there's others that want to increase it from where it is well over 30% higher than, than what it is right now. In 2021, Sweden cut their corporate tax rate. Now, Sweden is not this capitalistic uh, nirvana. Far, 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 far from it. And Sweden is a much larger discussion that I might handle in another podcast. But I'll digress because I think you get the point where Sweden is not an example of a successful socialistic country. So that leaves us with compassionate capitalism. What I believe in, what I think is our solution. Okay? And compassionate capitalism is what it says is the shareholders are important, the employees are important, the clients are important, the community is important, the causes we care about and are 
personal to us are important, but the way to have as much impact and effect on those people and do the best for them is to make as much money as possible. And again, back to the house and everything like that, the house analogy, it's not for the purpose of amassing all sorts of personal wealth. It's for the purpose of making as much money as possible so that you could then be as caring and impactful as possible. Because when you make a ton of money following compassionate capitalism principles, you lift everybody up. It's not a zero-sum game. We're not taking from others that have worked hard for it and giving it to others. You know, we're not trying to redistribute income. We're trying to create more income, more wealth, more assets so that everybody benefits. All right, now the food analogy, this one is like, this is a balanced meal built around highlighting the pasta. You know, there's synergy and taste. You know, you know, the wine matches with the pasta and the garlic bread is just so perfect. And, and with that kind of meal, you're just, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, I tell you. So that's my view on uh, why I feel that this concept of compassionate capitalism I came up with is the right way to move forward and why the others aren't. And, you're, and you might be nodding your head and saying, yes, Nev, I want that. How do I get it? Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but that is going to be in my next solo podcast. So next week, another fun and interesting interview. And then the next week after that, I'm going to share with you my ACT framework, my how to act with compassionate capitalism. And ACT is an acronym. A-C-T stands for something, but you'll have to tune in in two weeks to hear what it stands for. All right, that's a wrap for me. I'm out of here. Go have fun. That was the Profit and Impact Podcast with Nev Harris. For a full recap of this show, or for more info on making more profit and impact with your agency or freelance business, visit nevharris.com. If you liked this episode, show us some love. Give us a rating and comment over on iTunes and help Nev get the message out to more agency owners and freelancers. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.